Most people want a hit They want a song so they can move around and dance to it But I want one that will cut me to my core Welcome back to Blue Eyes Crying by the Chips. I'm your host, Nico Stratus. I'm a writer and podcaster that lives in Toronto. I'm also your guest today, and I'll tell you why. I had an episode ready to go. We had recorded it. It was with a, it was a fantastic guest. I almost told you who it was just then, as you might have heard, and I decided I'm not going to because I'm trying to rebook with this person. The audio just didn't work, which is a bummer. We talked about the Goo Goo Dolls, which is like one of my favorite 90s bands, uh, and unfortunately, just the audio just doesn't work, and I don't want to release it the way it is. I want to do it right, so I'm going to try to rebook that, but unfortunately, I didn't have another episode banked, and uh, I didn't want to just do nothing. I took a week off a couple weeks ago, and a lot of people, not a lot of people, but a couple of people messaged me and said, did you go somewhere? Did you disappear. Uh, And I didn't. I just decided to take a week off. And I didn't want to leave you with nothing. So I thought today I would sort of leave you with a quick little thing about crying. Um, for, For people that don't know, I'm writing a book. I'm writing two books, one of which is a book for the American Music Series through the University of Texas Press. This is a book series that published uh, the book that sort of changed my view of what music writing could be, which is the book Go Ahead in the Rain, Love Letters to a Tribe Called Quest by Hanif Abdurraqib. Um, Hanif is one of my favorite writers, uh, especially on like music and culture, but on all things. And uh, that book really sort of changed my idea of what music writing could be. And uh, I'm extremely lucky and fortunate to be writing a book for that series. Um, And my due date for my first draft had been the first of November and I missed it. Um, I had a computer malfunction and I lost about a month's worth of work and I have pushed my due date um, to the end of this month, basically. And I'm in a writing hole, which people that write can tell you about, um, where I wake up really early and I write for a few hours. And by the time people are like really waking up with their first coffee at like 10 o'clock in the morning, I've done about five hours worth of sitting at my desk and writing and thinking and telling myself I'm bad at this and looking at YouTube videos and telling myself I'm not going to check Twitter and then checking Twitter and all of these sorts of things. And I'm in my own head a lot because the book I'm writing, um, it's called The Dead Rock That Made Me a Woman. And it's a series of essays about um, dad rock, exploring what dad rock is. Uh, And it's also stories about uh, my life growing up in the Yukon, uh, which is where I sort of came of age. It is a lot of stories about labor. It is stories about hiding your queerness and your transness from yourself. It is a story of a lot of intersecting ideas, all sort of using dad rock as this sort of through line. Um, And so I'm also like spending a lot of time sort of isolated with the idea of myself, which as anybody that writes can sort of, especially people that write and do very personal work, which is what I do. Um, it gets hard after a while. And the other day, I, I think that I do, and I recognize this as like an aspect of whatever neurodivergency that exists in my brain where I need 
things to be in a specific order in order for my brain to be happy. When I wake up, I like to do the same things. I wake up around the same time every morning, which is usually around 4.30. Uh, I worked in construction for close to 20 years, so this is why I wake up really early. And I no longer work in construction, but I still wake up at construction hours. I wake up, I start coffee in our coffee maker. And then I walk Bowie, our dog. We walk around the block. I come back. I feed the pets in a specific order. Um, and then I pour coffee for myself and for Lish, my partner. I, I deliver her a cup of hot coffee, even though she is still asleep because she's a normal person that is still asleep at 5 a.m. and I am not. And uh, time-wise, I would sort of sit, I sit with Winona, who's our youngest cat, and sort of protect her while she eats because our older cat is a bit more food or is food motivated, I will say. And, uh, and before I wasn't working in the morning, but now, especially because my deadline is doom is looming on this book, dooming, I almost said dooming, which is a very funny Freudian slip for somebody that has a book due very soon. Um, two books due <laughs> fairly soon. I'm also writing a novel, um, on spec for, uh, my agent to shop around, which is, it's, um, I can tell you this, the, the title because the title has been revealed. Um, it's called Girls of Summer. It's a queer love story set in the 2002 Vans Warped Tour at the Calgary Speedway in Calgary, which is the Vans, first Vans Warped Tour I ever went to when I was uh, in my early 20s, um, which gives you a sense of how old I am. <laughs> uh, and anyways, so I've been doing a lot of this work and I've been feeling really isolated and kind of depressed. Um, the change in seasons really hits me um, from the Yukon and we don't really get fall the same way we get fall in Toronto. Fall in Toronto is a very specific vibe. Some mornings it's cold, some mornings it's not. You walk through a lot of leaves on the ground. And because I'm up and out so early, I really get a sense of when the darkness is creeping in. And I'm noticing the darkness is creeping in. And uh, the other morning, Bowie and I were out. We're on our walk. We're going up the street. And I'm listening to Radiohead because Radiohead is factoring into one of the pieces I'm writing for the book right now. And so I was listening to fake plastic trees from the bends and, and I had it on repeat on my Apple music and Bowie and I are walking up the street and, you know, I'm, I'm shuffling through leaves on the ground and Bowie is sniffing all the lawns and things that he sniffs every morning that he needs to sniff again, because maybe the smell is different. And I kind of like this idea that he gets to exist in a world where maybe the same thing can be different every day. And he wants to check and he's always happy and excited to check. And I think this is like the secret hidden beauty and magic of a dog's life is that every day, the same thing might be something new. And we're walking and I'm kind of not really paying attention to anything. And I'm listening to Radiohead on repeat because I'm trying to think about this piece that I'm going to go home and I'm going to pour coffee. And then I'm going to lay out the food for three pets in a specific order. And then I'm going to sit at my desk and I'm going to turn a light on, shine it away from my face so it's not directly in my eyes. And I'm going to sit and I'm going to try to write. And I'm going to try to write about the younger years of my life, some of which are blacked out from, you know, the years that I spent blackout drinking or, you know, various traumas and anxieties and like a lifelong battle with depression that has sort of created all these black holes in my memory. And the beautiful thing about music is music is my through line that takes me back to all these places. And so I'm listening to Fake Plastic Trees, which if you know Fake Plastic Trees, the story of Fake Plastic Trees as I know it is that 
Tom York didn't want Radiohead to be the creep band. Creep just sort of became that single for a band that takes over their life. And when they go places, people want them to play creep. And especially when you have an early hit in your career, especially in the 90s, when one hit could really become your whole band. You know, we see this all the time now. People talk about Eve Six for the longest time as the hard and a blender guy. And this is because that was the one big Eve Six song, even though they had a bunch of other hits. And Radiohead didn't want to become the creep band. And Tom York especially didn't want to become the guy that sang creep. And when they were working on the Benz, their follow-up record, he kind of had a freak out in the studio and was like throwing shit around and was not able to sort of process his needs well enough to be able to work through writing this song. And he threw some shit around and had a bit of a, of a snit, said a bunch of like English phrases for being mad, which are always funny if you're reading weird biographies about the about Radiohead that people wrote just to release on Amazon that I definitely have read. And he sits at the piano and in three takes, according to Johnny Greenwood, he writes fake plastic trees. Um, and when he's done, apparently he cried. Because I think he was working something out. You can really hear that in Fake Plastic Trees. And we're walking up the street and we turn the corner and we're walking around and we turn the corner again. And I'm really sort of taking in all of this, the fallness of the world around me, because it's so different from the fall that I grew up with. You know, here the fall is cold, but it's not frigid. And there's leaves and the leaves are different than the leaves were in my youth. You know, now there's there's yellow and there's red and there's greens. And in the Yukon, it's not like this. You know, there's maple leaves on the ground which feels like comically canadian to me in a in a funny way and and i'm walking with bowie and bowie sniffing and he stops to go to the bathroom and i'm listening to radiohead and um i get to the part in fake plastic trees where he says if i could be who you wanted all the time and it's that hushed part of the song so much of radiohead's work, especially in their earlier work, as a person that has had anxiety and depression my whole life, a lot of their work feels like anxiety. And it feels like working through these things. And that song in particular, once you know that it was sort of written in a freak out, you get that sense that this is it. He's processing something. He's working out and it's emotional. And you hit that catharsis and then you stop and you slow and you mellow. And that's right when he gets to that part towards the end where he sings softly if I could be who you wanted all the time. And Bowie's going to the bathroom and I'm sort of looking around and taking in the street and I'm looking at a tree that is half leaves, half not. The knot is on the street below my feet and I'm looking down and I'm wearing leggings that need a wash and an oversized hoodie and a big jacket and my hair is up in a bun because I don't let it down first thing in the morning because I have really long hair now. And, and I think about the fact that I am who I wanted to be all the time. So much of the writing that I'm doing right now is me as, as a younger person struggling to find myself. And it took a really long time for me to find myself. Somebody emailed me a couple of weeks ago talking about a piece I had written. And they were saying they met me at a dinner party when I was in my 20s. Uh, and they didn't like me. This is a thing I hear from a lot of people is that they didn't really like me because I seemed aloof and I seemed cold and I seemed there was something about me that seemed off putting and people didn't really jive with it. And I get that because I wasn't connecting to myself. I was, I had disassociated for so long that I no longer felt connected to myself. It was like, um, you know, Ratatouille, how like Ratatouille is like 
controlling the chef guy. I've never actually seen Ratatouille, but I know enough about it to know what Ratatouille is about. And I sort of feel like I was doing this to my body to a certain degree. It was moving and it was doing all the things and it was working and it was falling in love and it was having a heartache and it was drinking too much and it was partying too much and it was hurting itself. It was doing all these things, but I was never connected to a lot of it. Part of the reason why I don't remember some stuff is because I just was never there. I was present, but I wasn't there. And I thought about how this process of writing so much memoir work as I'm writing this book has been this difficult process of bringing things up and reprocessing difficult times and remembering good times and remembering people who have passed away. I've talked a number of times about an ex-partner of mine that passed away. Um, a story that I don't tell nearly as often is the year after that, in the same month, my childhood best friend died in a car accident. So two Mays in a row, I had suffered through these losses when I was in my 20s. And it's a hard thing to process loss in your 20s, especially when you don't connect to yourself because you're not processing your own emotions. And those things haunted me. They haunt me to this day. I think about this stuff all the time. And I'm a much more emotionally aware person because I know who I am and I'm connected to myself. And I'm thinking about all of these things. Well, Tom York is saying, if I could be who you wanted all the time. And I just started crying, that sort of cry that's not sad. It's not really like happy. It's just you're like, you have cleared a blockage. I've talked about this with a couple of people over the course of the show is the idea of this, you know, you need to have this cathartic cry to break through some kind of blockage. And that was that for me. And I needed that. And then right as I started crying, of course, normally there's no one else out at like five o'clock in the morning because who is out at five o'clock in the morning? But I always see like one other guy with his dog and we never talk. We don't interact. We see each other all the time. And he was on the other side of the street and he could see me and I'm standing. And the whole time that I'm crying, by the way, Bowie's going to the bathroom on someone's lawn. So there's just that happening off to my left. And this guy's walking up the street and I'm going down. We sort of acknowledge each other with a little head nod and a slight wave, which we do from time to time. And he probably can't see that I'm crying because it's dark, but I wonder, like, maybe he could, and maybe he would just, like, she looks like she's going through some shit this morning, and I'm just going to leave that alone because it's too early in the morning, and maybe he's a little bit cold or aloof, and maybe he doesn't know himself, or maybe he does too well, or I don't know. It doesn't matter. And I went home, and I wrote 3,000 words like it was nothing, and I felt better because I had that cry and I worked through something. And this morning, uh, Thursday morning, Thursday, November 9th, uh, I've been struggling finding the words that I need today. And uh, I was on Instagram and I saw my friend Augusta from Gladi had been at uh, the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. Uh, Augusta, by the way, who wrote the theme song for the show. Um, she had seen the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs last night and I messaged her and I said that I was so jealous and, and, uh, we talked a little bit about work and she asked how the book was coming. And I said, it's going really bad. I'm really depressed. And I am because I'm a little bit isolated in this work and it's been kind of hard on my heart and my brain. And, and, uh, and she said that she really liked being able to see the yeah, yeah, yeahs because it reminded her that music was good. And sometimes you need that reminder, even though she plays music and she's in a band and, you know, Gladdy had to go off the road last year, right as they were about to hit a lot of long stretch of dates with Jeff Rosenstock. And, you know, those got canceled because of illness and now they're, they're rebooking them again, which I'm really excited about. And, um, 
I had this thought of like music being good and I went on YouTube and I started watching videos of songs that I love. And uh, I will <laughs> watch this old video that I love of Ra- of uh, Boney M playing Rasputin at a festival in like 1970. Uh, and then the song Daddy Cool, uh, also by Boney M, which is just like, if you've never seen it, go and look for it. Um, it is a good time. And, and uh, I came across a video of one of my favorite bands, which is TV on the radio. And they were playing Wolf Like Me on David Letterman and 2011 and just the energy in this video you just had that same feeling of music is good and so much of this is good and even though sometimes we're processing hard things or we're having these hard days or whatever for a little bit for a couple of minutes i watched tv on the radio and david letterman in 2011 in a studio where they sort of make it look like a concert and people are there and you know they're high-fiving each other and everybody's into it and the band is into it and the audience is into it and everything feels alive and electric for just a moment and music is good and I felt so good about it that I immediately made a playlist of songs that just made me remember that music is good, especially live stuff, because I don't really go out that often to live shows anymore, partially because my health hasn't been great lately. I'm suffering through some long COVID stuff, which you can hear probably in my voice. And I just don't go that out that often because I'm a sober person in my 40s and I just like to be in bed now more than anything. But I still like to remember that music is good and that art is good and that all of these things are good. And I'm lucky to be where I am in my life. I'm lucky to be who I wanted all the time. And I cried a little bit listening to that and that part of that song on my walk with Bowie in the morning. And I thought, instead of leaving nothing here, I would leave a little bit about how nice it is to cry. Um, in the last intro, the last episode, I told everybody that uh, I'm doing, for an upcoming episode, I want people to send me their stories about crying and listening to music. And I still want you to do that. And I am going to link in the show notes an email address that you can send your notes to. And... Um, I hope a couple of people send me some stories about crying and listening to music in public. And uh, you don't have to be embarrassed. Every story is great. There's no cool songs. There's no perfect moment. There's nothing. You can't fake any of this. Fake plastic trees. Fake plastic watering can. None of this. There's no artifice here. Be as real as you want. Be as fake as you want. Do whatever you want. Just tell me your stories and we'll put them on. And you don't have to say your name if you don't want to, but if you do, that's great. And, you know, we'll get a couple of them and we'll put them together. I've got a couple more episodes that I'm recording and then we'll probably take a little break over the holiday season and then we'll be back. And I'm going to keep making it. And even if I don't have a guess, sometimes I'll just tell you these stories about crying because it disarms it for me. I still feel bad when I cry even though I don't need to feel bad about it anymore. But it's just like, sometimes processing emotions is difficult. I understand why people tell me when they met me when I was younger, especially before I transitioned, before I came out, before all these things, I understand why people didn't like me. I understand why I seemed cold and aloof. It's because I was cold and aloof. But I was the person I was cold and aloof to, first and foremost, was always myself. And I'm working through that and I'm struggling through that and we're getting there. And the reason why I like telling these stories and talking to people about it is because we get to disarm it and we get to feel better about it. And then we get to go on with our day and we get to find YouTube videos of songs we like. We get to share something with somebody. And we're also lucky to still be here. And that's it. Our theme song is by Augusta from Gladdy. Our logo is by Amanda Wong. I'm your host, Nico Stratus. Thank you for being here. Sorry I don't have a guest. Next week, 
I will be back with another guest, another song, another story about crying. Until then, love you. Thanks for being here.